The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Okay, so let's talk about your professional experience working in uh, organizations where you see the impact that lack and insecure food insecurity, lack of education does affect children. Mm -hmm. Because again, and we're talking, we're coming at this from a child free by choice perspective, living in a pronatalist society that says it doesn't matter that you lack the resources, have kids anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so are there some things you want to share uh, again from your person, your professional experience that you've yes. seen the impact of this, this mentality that we're living in? Oh yeah. So like I said, so my undergrad was uh, political science was a concentration for community service and public policy. And through my um, university, Kennesaw state university, I actually joined an organization called KSU care services. So this is a service under uh, Marcy Stenum and the organization provides levels of support from uh, students coming from foster care. So we provide financial support for food, emotional support, housing, and just scholarships for them to be able to be supported through college. But given that, they're from foster care. So it took a lot for them to get there. So depending upon the state you're living in, after a certain age, they're tossed out. So being tossed out leaves them uh, open for exploitation. And this program is unique in which we are definitely making sure we're a friend to walk them through not only their first year of college, but to, to they graduate. So that's been that. And I'm also part of Forrester's Financial, which is an organization actually originated in Canada. It's an organization where it's a financial company, but we have funding to help uh, any organization we want. So I've worked wow. with uh, Childhood uh, Atlanta Healthcare System, done various things to support children. Um, but again, it's that level of support. I watch Shriner commercials all the time, St. Jude. They're kids that need support. So that's a support system. Um, I actually worked, I alluded to the last segment, 2017-2018, I worked with fifth graders in uh, inner city school here in Atlanta, Georgia. And some of the kids needed help with uh, food. They needed help with housing. They were dealing with parents that were incarcerated. So these are children that have families with minimum support. Now, this is before the pandemic. <laughs> now, oh, wow. We don't even okay. talk about the, but what happened after the pandemic. We started realizing about the digital divide, how some of these people don't have, some of the families don't have even access to computers. So just right. think about the kids that actually were there. The ones I'm actually teaching, they were fifth grade then, they might have been maybe seventh grade then. Think about that two-year lap. So mm -hmm. it, it's, that's, that's just one school. That's, that was an elementary yeah. to middle school. So we're seeing the issues in our children. The boys are earmarked for incarceration. Uh, the girls are earmarked for human trafficking. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're in the top five for domestic and international human trafficking. Wow. <laughs> so this is the stuff that oh we God. don't talk about when we're right. talking about, oh, just have the kids. Well, again, after school programs, they have to be monitored. So 
if we don't come up with, again, it's that safety again. Mm -hmm. safety enclaves that some of these kids are falling through the cracks. Now, you know, we talk about celebrities. Think about what happened to Marilyn Monroe. Actually, I was just watching on Netflix actually yesterday about Pamela Anderson. So she so so unfortunately, some of our children fall into the prey of some bad characters and Mm -hmm. it impacts them for life. So this is what I'm talking about. What we're not talking about just finances, figuring it out is who keeps your kids we couldn't go anywhere. I'm not advocating that, but nothing happened to us. Right. <laughs> so it makes a difference who takes care of your kids, those mm-hmm. after school programs. We look at what happens at the Catholic Church. We don't want to get into that. It's just these are some of the things that can happen if mm-hmm. we don't keep the kids safe. Now, you can't keep them safe from everything, but it makes a difference. So when you start saying just have them no matter what, there needs to be a plan in place for how they're going to eat how they're going to be educated, how they're going to be clothed, how their education aspects are going to be, who's going to be there to take care of them, even if you have to have them babysit. I mean, su- such good points. And I think, like, I I, I was sheltered in a weird way, mm-hmm. like under a massive, like, religious sect way, which, which does not mean that people aren't abused under that situation. Mm-hmm. In those circumstances, fortunately, my brother and I, we nothing ever happened to us that way. Mm-hmm. But we know of people that weren't so fortunate. Mm-hmm. And when I think of how, like the people that we did have in our house, I was like, my goodness, <laughs> I'm amazed. But I won't get into that. But there is something to be said, and I and I I don't really agree with how we were raised, but there are some basics that. I can't deny we were safe. We were protected from a lot of things because of how I was raised and not just in the religious sense. My parents were like, you know, my dad made a good living and we were able to, you know, live a a regular, not a regular life, but we we had everything provided for. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't fancy because religion doesn't allow for that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. we had like, I I never heard my parents like freaking out about money or anything like that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. they were they they did well and we lived in nice houses and whatever mm-hmm. um so there was a and also because i did have i, I guess like thinking about the rough times in my life like the teenage years mm-hmm. where i see how one can be human trafficked that type of thing because you know we go like it's easy to fall into certain things mm-hmm. i will say that like even up here mm-hmm. in canada like because human trafficking exists everywhere. I, mm-hmm. and I, you know, know some people's stories. Mm-hmm. I know some precarious times in my life. Mm-hmm. The thing that saved me was I had an outlet. I started a business at 15, teaching mm-hmm. a, a music teaching business because mm-hmm. I had extensive music training from a young age. Mm-hmm. I was able to channel my desire to be independent mm-hmm. and pay for everything and do everything myself. I couldn't move out, but you know, I could, I could be independent as much as possible. Mm-hmm. My outlet was I did have a skill that mm-hmm. I could monetize at 15 mm-hmm. and it was music mm-hmm. and I did very well there. Mm-hmm. And that was because my parents did give, put me in the path of that. Mm-hmm. So I was very, very fortunate that way. And that transitioned into adulthood as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. you're talking about like, it, it's such a good point. You know, people, you know, kids are are cared for under certain organizations until a certain age and then the minute they become an adult like mm-hmm. in Canada like 18 you know I know mm-hmm. drinking age is 21 where you are but um it's 18 19 here depending on what province 
but still 18, it's like, all right, well, you're done school. Now what? Well, I, I mean, I can't even believe I survived at the age of 18. Like I, I left home, went to college, had a job working for an orchestra, but still mm-hmm. I cannot believe that at mm-hmm. eight. Now I'm, I'm 40. Now I look at 18 and go, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Why did I think I could conquer the world? Mm-hmm. I, I could, we could, we did in a way, our own way, but that's so young. And you realize how underdeveloped you are in mm-hmm. every single way. Mm-hmm. And I had something that I could, like, I had a skill. I had something I could use to support myself. But mm-hmm. but you're right. Like, how many don't? Yeah. And it's like, it's all about, and this is what pisses me off as a child-free person is because I, I honestly do care more about the, the adults that are living. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't care about kids. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I see the people that that are I, I want adults to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in adults being happy than kids being happy in the sense that kids are going up to be adults. Mm-hmm. And I want them to feel by the time they reach adulthood, 18 years old, that they have something to stand on. That's mm-hmm. what I truly care about, which is why I advocate for childhood people, because mm-hmm. we're all, all out here floating, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out how to survive. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, that starts with healthy adults that are being able to have examples. Like you were just saying, you you were able to have the extensive musical training and you could start a business and be entrepreneurial. So you didn't have to take the traditional way of this college and whatnot, even though you tried that. And what I'm saying is, you know, we got to provide not only the the man, the woman, but the children have to see these examples. Like I said, a Mm -hmm. lot of our life has been shaped by some of the things we've seen. Luckily, we've been able to have some great experiences and we're still kind of figuring it out. But it's just I do worry about the little boys and girls and not get the chance to get that. No falling through the cracks. So like one time I worked at the YMCA in a very, in a very affluent area. <laughs> but it was not a lot of kids. So, again, so you can partake. If you live in that area, if you have somebody to take you with to, to, to take right. you there. But what about the ones that don't? And I guess what it is when we start talking about the ones that don't, they fall into some seedy things. So, you mm-hmm. know, if you don't develop them, give them the skills, not only can they fall into some of the things where they could be exploited, but then we have to be concerned. We don't want to become victims. So I think, again, healthy communities, <laughs> productive members of society. So mm-hmm. crime is always going to be here. Some exploitation is going to be here. But I think if, if you can kind of taper that down, if both if the family is healthy, if the kids have examples and they have options, we can cut down on some of that. But again, if we're not talking about that, that's an issue mm-hmm. too. When you watch TV, they don't talk about some of the options, kids. They always talk about problems, but nobody talks about why these problems exist. Right, <laughs> right. Because and, and this, yeah, when it comes to, and I'm going to make this US based and not from a data perspective you can definitely add the data part mm-hmm. if you have it but um well, okay bear with me here when i look at places like twitter mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing because the child for community has a thing we we usually if if someone from uh, a political party that is very much anti-choice <laughs> and anti-child free they'll post something and the child free community online will circulate it and so i'll see it and go oh what's happening here and you see all the comments and again this comes back to discussions you and i've had many times is like let's 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 actually talk about the 
the problem, but why, why are the people in power not seeing or not acknowledging or just brushing it off? There's, there's this whole, it, it's almost like we are in the silent generation in a sense, because there's so many people going, wait a sec, that's not an issue. Just have more kids. God will provide everything will be provided for you when mm -hmm. actually that's not true. I mean, not the way the current systems are. Mm -hmm. And everything, it's like we are set up for failure. Failure. I mean, you and I have talked about entrepreneurship in the past. Like, not mm -hmm. everyone's cut out for that. Mm -hmm. But things are presented to us like, oh, we should be doing this. We mm -hmm. should, we should, we should, we should. But there's that, there's something underlying that people don't want to look at. Privilege, yeah. Yeah. availability, whatever. Um, but then there's the actual reality. Like, yes. more people are struggling than anything else. And, and I think too, childhood too. It's the start from childhood, but also too, we have to think about the different generations too. So you think about if you have baby boomer parents, think about it's about just this, this US base, but we can also say Canada. Think about where we were in the 40s and the 50s. They were not the most um wonderful jobs, but you had factories, you had plants, but then you had the dad that worked and you had to have the wife that worked sometimes too, but she stayed home. But mm -hmm. the jobs were there. The benefits were there. The right. security or some of the activities were there. You had the village transport to 2020. Well, I wouldn't say we said 2023, but right around the 80s and 90s, especially in the United States, some of the jobs went overseas. Some of those jobs did not come back. So some of mm -hmm. the stability. Now you've got to work. So that one job, you got to work two jobs. And then now mom's got to work. And then now the kids are being shipped off to these activities. So the right. stability of the socialization for some of those. Like I remember when I was younger, we had the YMCA. We had the Boys and Girls Club. But some of those organizations are gone. So mm -hmm. the social structure is disappearing. So how are the children supposed to understand how to be able to interact with other children? Yeah, I remember going to like um, little picnics or going to, you know, just things where you saw other kids. You went to the theme parks, but that's being pushed off if the only thing they can do is be sports and it's like what well, i mean everybody can't be an athlete so it's just right like you were right. saying these things that used to get kids creative and get them all excited they're being shipped off to little groups too so the individuality is starting to be chipped away earlier you know i remember mm. i have nieces and well i have um um cousins and they're into lo legal lo logo lo is it called um Logos, Lego? Legos. Legos. And yeah. I remember when I was younger, you just got a little pail and you just dumped them out and you came yeah. up with something creative. Yeah. But now they've got a kit. And they I'm do. Like, the kit. So the yeah. kit is limited because you're only making what's on that pretty much box ah. or maybe just the diagrams. But see, you see how the creativity is mm -hmm. actually being stifled. So by the time they get 18, 19, if they've only been making kits, <laughs> how can they make that new thing? And you're seeing that in inner entertainment, especially here in the United States. They're remaking things. <laughs> but these things were actually creative back in the 50s and 60s, 70s. So that's what I worry about. Yes, I don't mm -hmm. have kids, but you've got to give them a sense of purpose, if you will. If everybody's right. doing the same thing, how can they be unique? And we're leave, you're losing that them being able to be unique because everybody can't do the same thing. I always feel that we're all sent here for one gift, but how are you giving them the chance to figure that out if they don't have time to discover it? Right. Well, and so there's that. Okay. So let, let's, let's talk about the whole or tie that into the whole you must procreate thing. Yeah. So a kid's been shuffled through mm -hmm. the current 
education system. Mm-hmm. And we won't even talk about what kind of support system they have. This this could easily be an affluent kid or someone that doesn't come from an affluent family. Mm-hmm. And then they get to a certain age, okay, post-secondary or trade or they start a business or whatever. But then, especially if you're female, <laughs> all right, it's now time to create children of your own you've you, you've done your best now it's time to get to real work have kids mm-hmm. you have not had that time yet to establish yourself i mean think think mm-hmm. of how okay so we're both in our 40s mm-hmm. now i go at, at at around 38 i was really feeling like oh okay not that i've got life but i kind of do i understand mm-hmm. myself now mm-hmm a lot better and i'm like i i feel way more confident in my skin this is a good place to be mm-hmm. i've had that time to mm-hmm. to work through that mm-hmm. still working through things mm-hmm. a lot of that is because i i didn't i chose not to have kids i yes. had that time to do it right yes and usually like again some of my friends who have kids who had kids at 25 mm-hmm. now in their 40s and some of them are older it's like they're just getting to that, oh, there's something else, but I don't know what. Plus, I still have to, you know, mm-hmm. deal with my teenagers and whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, this whole, well, it's not even the life script thing. It's just, it's just this constant survival mode. And then you're supposed yes. to bring more humans onto it because, because, I mean, they, they, it's spun. And this is what I'm seeing even just in articles recently, and this is not new, but it's like, well, our population's dropping, so we need to replenish. I'm like, okay, so if if we are here just to replenish the world, it just seems like a whole pointless cause because we all have we all have something that we can do, but yeah. many of us are not taught that mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. it's not encouraged or accepted. Mm-hmm. Some places not allowed, like really not allowed, mm-hmm. and it's sad. Mm-hmm. Because it's just band-aid on top of band-aid on top mm-hmm. of band-aid without actually getting to the fact that there's a lot that wants to be expressed and a lot mm-hmm. of it has nothing to do with having children. Yeah. And then speaking of band-aid, so right now, you know, my master's program is the study of gerontology. So the biggest issue now they're talking about healthcare and oh my goodness, we got all these older adults and oh my goodness, it's so expensive. But see, you play, did you not want people to have children? You didn't right. plan for this. So like right. I said, it's just, it's this whole, okay, well, you, from I think from about 18 to 60, if you're able to work, but I also argue how many more products do we need? The way this right. used to work is we had people, we were working and we were making things here, especially here in the United States. And then we were also buying things. So now right. our income, the the, uh, the gross national the, the domestic product is based on us buying things. But from zero to about 18, children can't work. So it's just, it's this, it's this, unhealthy feedback loop we're just here to consume but how healthy is that so now we have the the children that are from the underprivileged uh backgrounds but i've read things about there's a book i'm going to read called the burden of privilege so now the 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 affluent kids they're so indebted (laughs) with 
to going to all these activities, they become mm-hmm. overwhelmed. I don't know if you remember the cheating scandal that we had here with uh, the young lady from uh, uh, Full House. And it was this scandal where they were cheating to get their kids into school. Yes, the college admission scandal. Yes, yeah, but yeah, even yeah, okay. one of the daughters uh-huh. said, well, I didn't even want to go to school. So like you right. said, so yes. <laughs> you're not mm-hmm. giving them a chance to figure it out. You want them to have kids. And then you're, now you're trying to figure it out as a parent. It, it just gets very complicated. Mm-hmm. Let people develop and figure out what they need. And it will go smoothly, opposed to being forced to do things that they're not ready for. Okay, so that just solved like the entire world problem right there. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually I do believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, I, I think because we're we're also pressured that things have to happen on a timeline. Mm-hmm. Because I re- I remember around well, 22 was when the light bulb went off that I could choose whether or not I wanted to have kids. And the conversations that were happening around me in my friendship circles and acquaintance circles, especially with the other girls, was like, well, 25. We'll get married at 25. We'll start having kids at 25 because that's a good age to like, we'll have gone through college university. Cause you know, a lot of us went through that and it's like by 25, we'll, we'll be settled and we can start having, you know, doing all that stuff because then that's like, you know, another 20 years. Okay. That takes care of that bulk of that life and then retire and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's this timeline. And again, now I'm 40. Like, I've, I've never been married. And that's also by choice. And I love living alone. And see, that's something I didn't understand. I mean, I knew that, but I didn't fully understand why I needed to live alone and wanted to live alone until I was 29. And, and I was living with someone in a relationship. And I was like, I want to live by myself in my 30s. I don't know exactly why, but I just had this calling. And so I did. And now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, goodness. Like I needed that space, mm-hmm. but that's not incorporated in any kind of timeline that I ever heard growing up or even mm-hmm. saw growing up. Because if you see, especially being a female, if you see a single woman mm-hmm. of a certain age, no kids, no, and you can't even accuse me of being a cat lady because I don't do pets. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it had this weird connotation around it because no one mm-hmm. really understood, but mm-hmm. now it's more common mm-hmm. and we talk about it. Um, at least we're, you know, North America, mm-hmm. but still, you know, some, <laughs> some people go, wait, what? Uh, usually I get a lot of good for you's, mm-hmm. but that, that timeline. Okay. This is my point. Not everyone is going to un- get a deeper under deep understanding of themselves at the same, at the same time that everyone else mm-hmm. does. Like we all have our own timeline and I feel like society doesn't allow for that. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. fine, go explore yourself. That's what your late teens and twenties are for. no. Mm-hmm. Do it. You yeah. can do it in your 30s. You can do it yes. in your 60s, right? Yes. Like, yes, yes. It's just this pressure of like, okay, by 30, you need to have this, 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 mm-hmm. this, this. I I did that to myself by mm-hmm. 25, and then I accomplished some things, and I was like super depressed yeah. because but I didn't know it- what else was up. Like, I'm like, there's. I didn't. I thought that was it. I'm like. Yeah. But like you it. said, the pressure is just implied and it's also given. And speaking yeah. of pressure, like I said, we, we met on Clubhouse, but I used to have this room I would go to. It's called Let's Talk About Death. And it was two brothers, twin brothers, and they were fourth generational uh, funeral homeowners. And they had such great insight. But I remember one of the gentlemen, he had said that you know he had went through his PhD program. He had two kids at home. He was married. And he said he was exhausted. He said being a provider was exhausting, you know, being the Mm -hmm. husband. So a lot of people don't even figure out 
how the men feel. I mean, all of this right. pressure. How so? So mm-hmm. if you are the single person that's making the money, just what that does to them, they're always working. They're seen as a paycheck. So like I said, this is what creates these silos where everybody's unhappy. Daddy's unhappy. Mommy's unhappy. Kids unhappy. And you right. want more to come? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And I mean, I just this this anger that i'm seeing and i'm and i this isn't just in the us mm-hmm. i mean there there are i always tell people even in canada we have to watch our back because there are groups that want to go back to the traditional things and again mm-hmm. i acknowledge that we've been talking uh, pretty much everything from a heterosexual perspective mm-hmm. um and there are a lot of people that that own, want to push for that and they mm-hmm. want to ignore the realities of like not not just LGBTQ plus, but just those of us that don't want to have children. Mm-hmm. And we are not pursuing, like, again, speaking as a female, not pursuing marriage. But also, because I mean, men don't face quite that level of pressure. It does mm-hmm. exist, but not as much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people, some there are some people in some parts of the world that will look at the two of us who are living our mm-hmm. lives, focusing on ourselves, mm-hmm. educated, being, mm-hmm. you know, continuing to educate ourselves mm-hmm. and speaking out. Mm-hmm. And speaking up about the choices that we've made that differ from what is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's empowering, but also like when I, when I see that that level of animosity from people who want to go back to what the greatest generation that ever existed, which mm-hmm. means people were silent, they weren't speaking up. Mm-hmm. It it was com- because it's comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess here's my question. Do you think it's possible to coexist? Because there, you know, we, we all, if we are truly all honest with ourselves and how we want to live, mm-hmm. we're all going to choose something different. Mm-hmm. I agree with it's, it's, it's Right? But it's like, it's presented well, to us like we can't, apparently we can't coexist that way as, as, as humans. <laughs> well, <laughs> I say it this way. We, we can't put the genie back in the bottle. Right. And to people who say, well, let's go back, I would argue and ask, do you remember if, do you know if granddaddy was happy? Do you know if grandma was happy? Because we have mm-hmm. wonderful times. We can revisit, we can revise history. <laughs> but if you go back and really think about what granddaddy and grandmommy went through, Again, they stayed together out of necessity because they didn't have choices. But a lot of people were not happy. A lot of women were not happy. You think they were really happy with 14 kids? They had to have the kids because they had to have them. So even with that, now this is just Mm -hmm. this kind of controversial. But here in uh, um, the United States, we didn't put child labor laws. They went into impact and in fact, until 1940. So our kids were in factories. They were in plants. So everybody was working. So if you had 14 kids, everybody was earning a paycheck. (laughs) <laughs> wasn't that on farms too though like because yes. you have kids on the yes. farms okay yeah. yes so my whole thing is this time that we want to go back to if you talk to a lot of people there were not happy times so you have to yes. take it all into consideration mm-hmm. so yes we cannot change the past but we have the opportunity to change the future i want men, women, and children to be happy. And the only way that can happen is you give them work-life balance. You let them do work that's inspiring to them. 
and let mm-hmm. them figure it out. Like I said, you don't have to have, well, I'll say things about the younger generations, mm-hmm. the millennials as well as disease. They're taking their time to figure it out. And I think that's great too. They're figuring out what their anxieties are, what their strengths are, what they're creative. Mm-hmm. I will say social media has been able to let them be creative and have different outlets. So I will say that they have more options and you need to give people options because the old way of just forcing people to do stuff, we right. see how that's working out and it's mm-hmm. not working out very well. Right. Right. Speaking of not working out very well, uh, what's the, the state of sex education in the U.S.? Or at least well, where you are. I am in the southern region of the United States. And I remember talking to a public health master student maybe a couple of years ago before pan- the pandemic. And I asked her, what are we teaching our young people about sexual education? She said, right now, it's just abstinence. <laughs> what? So and what grade you know what grades this is referring to? I think like, anything, is it this is this is probably K through twelve. Oh Lord. Okay. Now that's wow. problematic because now everybody most of the little ones have cell phones and mm-hmm. they have access to all these websites that mm-hmm. I nor you had access to. So well I did around the 15 when I went to virtual school. Yes. But you need to have them help explain what they're seeing because there's emotions attached to this. And then STDs. It just gets very problematic when you have all this access to these little ones and you're not explaining. But she did say abstinence was the thing that they're doing, which is problematic because they just overturned Roe versus Wade. Now, what we see is you don't have a lot of teenage pregnancy, but it's still happening. But we have more pregnancies between, I guess, the 18 to 40, depends upon, you know, where you mm-hmm. are in life. But I just think that sex education needs to be in the schools, not in a very vulgar way, but again, options. If if little girls and little boys don't know how somebody gets pregnant and just they're emulating what they're seeing on television or something on the screen, that's problematic mm-hmm. because now you got a new baby that's coming into a situation that -hmm. they're not ready for and the parents are not ready for either. Right. You know, it's really interesting because I I remember sex had started grade five for me. See, Mm -hmm. I went through puberty in grade four. So Mm -hmm. by the time sex had happened for us, Mm -hmm. uh, I was, you know, already looking like a teacher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, but at the same time, see, my 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 personal experience is is odd because I grew up in a cult where you do not talk about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also went to public school, mm-hmm. so I'm hearing, and I wasn't allowed to watch television. We didn't have Wi-Fi or the internet back then. It wasn't until mm-hmm. I was in grade seven that I think mm-hmm. we got our first home computer, grade mm-hmm. seven, grade eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I always had like two different voices in my head. Mm-hmm. So one was. You don't talk about it. The other one was just listening to all the kids on the playground. And then I'm starting to read, you know, go to library, reading books and reading mm-hmm. the dictionary and mm-hmm. trying to gather. Because look, here's the thing. We're all curious. Mm-hmm. I remember feelings I had when I was in grade three, when I was eight. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a queer woman. I I realized that I was liking more than just boys when mm-hmm. I was 10. But mm-hmm. you don't there's a way of voicing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, I live in a conservative province i live in alberta which is out in western canada mm-hmm. and the older i get the more i realize how conservative it is mm-hmm. so i'm i'm from the north northern part of the province now living in the southern part of the province and again we had sex education grade five i think that was kind of standard province wide i don't know what they're teaching now i know my nephews know way more about everything than mm-hmm. i ever did 
they're comfortable talking about their sexuality, all that sort of thing. Well, I mean, the oldest one is the youngest one. Well, I mean, he he's okay to listen because like my brother, like they're they're all very open in that family. They can talk about whatever, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. But I also realize like there's a lot of attitudes, even our politicians, uh, everyone mostly votes conservative. Our federal government is is liberal. Mm -hmm. Our provincial government here is conservative. Mm -hmm. And so I do try and keep my ears open as to what policies, like when they're voting or, you know, when, when elections happen or when I hear on the news about what they're trying to teach in school, some, some things were, they wanted to go back to the eighties mm -hmm. and what they were teaching in schools here. And I don't know exactly what mm -hmm. that means because I, I just, I, again, I don't have kids and I don't ask everybody who has kids what they're learning in school, but also I'm like, look, they have Google now. <laughs> like it's, it's so it's so weird that that with all the access that we have, and I'm gonna say that it's, it's a little bit harder to live under a rock here because we rely on the U.S. for a lot of stuff, yeah. and we hear about what's happening in the world a lot more. Like Americans have no clue what's happening in Canada, but Canadians can tell you what's happening in the U.S. Generally yeah. speaking, because yeah. it comes up here. But when I think of even here, the groups that are trying to go back to the 1800s, because they do yeah. exist. We yeah. have the Christian Heritage Party here. <laughs> like, it's 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 like, whoa, okay, this is scary. Um, but, but that, like, there is that mentality. But yet, we do all coexist together. Yeah. And yeah. there's always, no one's ever going to be completely happy. But, well, I, and I've heard it said this way, you know, you can't legislate how you feel on other people. Right. And you can't go back to the 1980s because we don't have the infrastructure that we had. Like, like I explained earlier, you know, I grew up with the um, little house on the prairie, uh, touched by an angel, the PBS. Well, we I'm surprised they haven't made touched by an angel yet. Is that one that's going to be remade? Well, it was, um, again, it was just, you know, very sanitized television. I grew right. up where even if you watched uh, movies, they were the uh, television version of that. Mm. We don't exist in that anymore. No. Sesame Street is on HBO. So, what? hello? It is? <laughs> yes, it's on HBO here. So, what, are they naked now or what? Well, like, you can see the work? naked stuff when after <laughs> Big Bird comes off. So, uh, I, I didn't grow up with that. <laughs> oh, I heard that a very different way, but okay. <laughs> So this is this is what we're talking about. There's more options now. So if you're not educating the little guys, guess what? They're going to do different stuff. Now, I can actually have a personal story with you. I used to work at a daycare center. It was an organization that it was an after school program. They put kids together. I want to say they were either went from five to maybe 15. I remember one incident on the playground. Everybody was pulling down their clothes and their uh, their pants to just show show and tell. So you had anywhere from a five-year-old to a 14-year-old. So what that tells you is that if we don't have these conversations, they're having these conversations. Oh, and yeah. they're doing stuff, too. Yes. We've had some incidents here in the United States. You've got boys and girls doing stuff in the bathroom. So this whole abstinence thing, and you've got all this level of sex available for them to watch, that's mm -hmm. problematic. So going back to the night, you can never go back to that. Our television no. is different. Our music is different. Just look at the entertainment now. It's yeah. the, 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 the things I've, I see now in the language, it was not heard of in the 80s and 90s. So I would implore them to think about that. We live in a whole different time right. zone now. So true. 
That just reminded me. You know how I learned about condoms? I was in grade four. This was mm-hmm. on. We had two different playgrounds. Mm-hmm. So the for element the elementary school I was going to at the time. So grade four to four, five, and six was on the playground across the street. K to three was on the side of the school. So I was in on the playground across the street, and someone said we found a condom. I had no idea what that is was. So at the time we were building a house. My parents were building a house in the city. Ours was up north and we were living in a, in a different spot. So mom would, we would all go to the library and then wait for dad. I don't remember why we went to the library first. I don't know. It was kind of, kind of a very fuzzy time, very long time ago. Anyway, went to the, I went to the library for school and, and, and got a dictionary and looked up what a condom was. Cause I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that's how I discovered what a condom was. And then I had to go down that rabbit hole of what exactly did that mean? Cause I had to research what all the yes. other parts. Okay, so, so you did the research Wait. yourself just because it was an incident that happened in the playground. Yeah. Most of us learn from our family. Our, no, no, no. We don't even from my family. We learn from our friends, stuff yes. on television. I know for, yes. for me, it was like more the entertainment. It was the Harlequin romance <laughs> novels. It was all yeah. of that. So they're going, I guess what I'm saying is that our little ones are going to be curious. They're going to find out. And yes. I just rather them have the conversation. If it's, if even if it's not in school maybe have the families talk to them about it what's new because you know when i was younger it was just heterosexual but you need they need to talk about lgbtq plus what that means all of that stuff needs to be talked about if it's not in the school system it's going to be at home but if anything they're going to experiment again they're Mm -hmm. not going to be growing up like you and i did under somebody's chest and you can't go anywhere that is not the norm they i actually Mm -hmm. talked to a little fifth grader she went to bed whenever she wanted to they can go wherever they want they have freedoms now. Cell phones. Yes. They have cell phones now. We they have freedoms <laughs> and a- access mm-hmm. to stuff we never had access to. So yep. that's why you know going back to 1980s, we do not live in 19. 19- I grew up with the with the um, after school specials. They don't have that anymore. It's called Netflix now. Yeah. Yes, and have which is on seen- their cell phones that they have at great and great at at. at- Yeah. Do you see some of the programming on Netflix? I didn't have access to that Mm, when I was 10 years old. Actually, my little nieces and nephew came here and my (laughs) my auntie has a big screen TV. They were just scrolling through the, the subtitle list. I wasn't even allowed to touch the television. So I'm, I'm just, it, it, we've got to talk about what our little ones have access to. So mm-hmm. we kind of get behind the squeamish because what is, they are experimenting. Like you were saying, you in the playground, what I've seen, when I've seen, I think this was a couple years ago. So if they were just pulling their little pants down to see, just imagine if they, if they have time to, it's just, if we don't talk about these things, they're going to experiment on their own. And it's going to lead to more, issues so it's we're in a time now if you've got all this access for them to see things we have to have the conversation to keep them safe yes because you we're curious humans are curious Mm -hmm. little kids are here babies are curious Mm -hmm. like and and when i think about even you know um my grand my grandmothers and i do have one friend from high school who was born and raised in russia she came over to canada at 16 Mm -hmm. We were talking about our elementary school experiences and I was like, I was always a kid that was standing up and and asking like, wait a sec, why, you know, I was, you know, kind of going to bat for my, my classmates if I felt that something was unfair. And I remember she was asking like, how did you learn how to do that? I said, I don't know. I just did it. And, and I said, I remember we had one counselor when I was in kindergarten who would, Mm -hmm. who had these three bags. One was glittery, one was clear, one was Mm -hmm 
oil mm -hmm. and it was to represent our moods mm -hmm. and we, I was, we were taught kind of how to express ourselves and mm -hmm. I asked her a question and she's like I didn't even know that was possible mm -hmm. and I was like and she was she was born and raised in northern Russia and mm -hmm. it was just like super interesting because I realized like even now people are trying to stifle yes curiosity yes. in all of our ages but mm -hmm. especially if they're trying to do it in younger ages saying mm -hmm. well no this is good because i i come from that background mm -hmm. you know religious standpoint but it's mm -hmm. like but the bottom line is is we are all curious yes. and i think curiosity gets knocked out of some people as mm -hmm. we age because of life and circumstances because we don't know that we can do we can do something different mm -hmm. and i think that's what possibly scare we'll get this in go to this in the next segment but what scares people when they see child-free people, mm -hmm. openly child-free people mm -hmm. who are expressing their joy and all that sort of thing. And, and mm -hmm. parents can do this too, but it's like mm -hmm. when you realize like there's a curiosity, but what else there is aside mm -hmm. from the status quo. Mm -hmm. And some of us have not been knocked down enough that we're going to continue even at, at any age to explore what else is out there. Mm -hmm. And they'll try and put on fear like, Oh, well, you're going to be lonely at 60. You're going to have no life at 70. People are going to like, your, your life is over after the age of 35. If you mm -hmm. don't have kids, especially mm -hmm. if you're a female, mm -hmm. like all that stuff is just trying to knock out our curiosity based on fear. And, mm -hmm. you know, even bringing it back to like lack of sex education or, mm -hmm. or old or, or, or um, outdated education, whether mm -hmm. it's sex ed or otherwise, mm -hmm. it's like, we're curious and, we're evolving because we are so curious and not mm -hmm. that technology solves everything, but mm -hmm. at least it gives people a chance to go, wait, there's something else out here. And for those yes. that really want to go digging for it, mm -hmm. they will find it no matter how oppressed they try and mm -hmm. how, how oppressed someone tries to make them feel. That's my thought on that. Yes. Um, well, say, I think we should go, if this one note before we end, you know, YouTube is definitely uh, information. You could just type in what you're looking for. And there's tons of videos that right. are going to address the topic. Mm -hmm. So stay creative people and stay curious. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.